Hello, 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 Healthy and Whole Marriages family. Hello, hello. We are so grateful that you guys are Hi, yes. here joining us. And we thank you for the opportunity to have us be a part of your marital journey as we invite you into part of ours as well. We are Seth and Damia Rolf, if this is your first time here. And we are going to begin the way that we need to, or we generally begin everything else, and that is with prayer. Father God, we thank you. For praise and bless your name again for another opportunity to come before your presence with thanksgiving. God, we ask that you bless us as we present and as we go before your people. We ask that you will have your way in and through us and that the words will be heard with clarity and be received with grace. We thank you for this opportunity. It's in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And actually, we hope you guys subscribe so that we can start calling you guys family and you mm -hmm. will be abreast of who we are individually, collectively, all the things. But tonight, today, this afternoon, whenever you take the opportunity to listen to and view this podcast, the topic is love. The first Corinthians 13 way. Is that possible for a married couple? If so, how? Um, that's what we hear about all the time when we're talking about marriage, when people are talking about love, when they're talking about looking for a mate. Um, just the, oh, I want to be loved this way or can I love this way or picking and choosing certain parts of that particular scripture to apply it as we see fit, right? That's kind of how we treat the Bible in general for the most part. But specifically, when we are in a position where we feel that we are loving someone and it's maybe not as reciprocated, then that's one of our go-tos, right? Is to pull out that scripture and say, love is patient, love is kind, love is not um, counting wrongs and all of those things. So we're going to go through that and share a little bit. Obviously, it's the biblical principle aspect of it and share mm -hmm. our a bit of our personal and practical tips, tools, experiences that we've had with that. So to just jump right in, do you want to get into the um, reading what the scripture says itself, or I can get into that part? Sure, I can it's, read it. Um, First Corinthians. And then I actually paraphrase it as well. 13 and what? I think you go down to four or five. Yeah. Love. Well, You're Charity. Yeah, his is in King James Version. Let me see. I can change that, y'all. Okay. You can come to uh, NIV. Love is patient. I'm sorry. First Corinthians 13. Four. No, you just started moving my stuff. Because though. you need the whole thing and not just that one verse. Love is patient. Love is patient. <laughs> Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Mm -hmm. And so my paraphrasing of that, if you will, or breaking it down a little more in layman's terms, is love is able to accept or tolerate things, the patience, circumstances, without being annoyed, 
Love is tenderhearted, gentle, selfless, compassionate. Love does not get jealous of someone else's possessions, specifically here, your spouse's achievements and things of that nature. Love does not talk with excessive pride in self or self-satisfaction mm-hmm. in achievements. Love is not showing a high opinion of yourself or moral superiority. Love doesn't dishonor others. It isn't self-seeking. It isn't easily angered. It doesn't keep record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. Yeah. It rejoices with the truth. Of course, y'all know, you know, I didn't think I needed to break those down much further. Protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres, and never fails. Now, this may be done in parts since there are so many aspects to this particular scripture or this particular, um, yeah, these scriptures that people you know focus on a lot of the time. So we can start off with the first few there. And love is able, love is patient, love is kind. I'll let you jump in. Well, I think before we get to that, from my husband perspective, is that we have to understand submitting ourselves to Christ. Because before we can love our wives the way that Christ loved the church, uh, she has to have a husband to submit to. Well, that husband has to be submitted to God. And that means when you submit to your wife and she submits to you, this is a partnership, but definitely means putting their thoughts, their hearts, their love before your stuff and definitely putting God's desires before your own. So make certain that if you're going to start on the right foot is that make certain husband submit yourself to God first. If you submit yourself to God, your wife does not have an issue with submitting herself to you and love then begins to flow freely. I want to give one other scripture before I jump back on that side, uh, which is Ephesians 5 and 25. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. Your unconditional acceptance of your wife is not based upon her performance, but on her worth as God's gift to you. Again, make certain that your thoughts, your heart, your life mirrors that of Christ to the church when you're talking about your wife. And definitely there will be less issues before you can come into uh, love is patient and love is kind, because now you understand that the, the maker, the manufacturer of her, if you submit yourself to him, you're able to get insight to her. And when you feel as though you can't love her for whatever that is, you're able to trust God to do the unthinkable in and through your life. So I'll let you jump back over to one in 13. I thought it was necessary to say, I'm sorry. No, I'm just Um, saying that now you're going to toss it back my way. Okay. So I, I believe that in looking at this and kind of trying to, Pull it apart a little bit because, again, we make ourselves, we've become so comfortable with saying it, right? It's on our walls and it's in everybody's wedding program or something. And, you know, this is part of the requirements 
um, the checklist and all of that when we're looking at a mate or whatever the case may be, or when we're considering leaving our mates even. Mm. Is this person leaving, like loving me this way? And I actually heard um, someone say that God had challenged them to look at if they are loving or have loved or ready to love their spouse according to these scriptures. And they were taken aback by uh, kind of when it's convenient or to mm-hmm. more so they didn't say when it's convenient. They said to a certain extent. See, the problem is that that's what we all do, right? In some respect, when it's convenient to a certain extent. And sometimes we don't even honestly realize it. But the point of it is that this is here as a guide for a reason. Mm-hmm. And God, I believe, had this as our guide because this is what Jesus exhibited. Absolutely. Christ's love for the church is supposed to be exemplified through marriage. Amen. So when Jesus was here by saying love is patient, God and Jesus the Trinity, they are patient with us, patient with us in our frailties, patient with us in our free will to get to the point of choosing if we're going to follow, if we're going to believe, if we're going to take him on as our first love. So patience, you know, a lot of times we day to day patience, I don't feel like waiting in this line mm-hmm. with me and you know, we have a five and an eight year old. Oh my gosh. Like, seriously, can we make it to the car and to school in a timely fashion, please? Those are the things we normally think of when it comes to patience. But in every aspect, God exhibits patience for us to come around to his will, to come around to his way, to listen. Mm -hmm. Patience to simply wait on us to have a conversation with him day in and day out, right? And so we have to think of it in that respect as well when we are in the midst of a relationship, especially in the turmoil, Mm -hmm. the trials and tribulations of marriage and say, okay, okay. And honestly, you know, and I'm not by any means saying this as a way of being self-righteous or anything of that nature, but I would reflect back on this in the very early years of our marriage. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, the first few years of marriage, you can hardly get over. First year of marriage is so difficult. I didn't see it as that problem, a problem in that way for me. And this could very well be the reason why is because I would look at this and I would just kind of try to have moments where I would reflect upon God's life. Jesus him presenting Jesus to us and saying, you know what? This boy has gotten on my nerves today. I don't think he's being fair or whatever the case may be. And I'm hot. And I'm I'm trying to think of how I'm going to deal with this, approach this. And then he would kind of, ma'am, I've been waiting on you to do this, that, and the other. Or ma'am, I've been trying to ask you about this or talk to you about this, that, and the other. And I would be reminded that Jesus is waiting on me. Jesus has waited on me. Jesus has been patient with me in so many different respects. So Mm. that's the example that we should have Mm -hmm. and that we should be doing in our marriage when we have those moments of, I just can't deal. We have seasons. I've come across a young lady who was like, we're just not clicking. And I'm over it. Like every little thing now about him irritates me. 
we have seasons. Uh-huh. And maybe that's what our, one of our next ones should be about the seasons of marriage. But we have seasons in our marriage where we're just not going to be on the same page, it seems. That we're just, one person seems to be growing, the other person doesn't. Things of that nature. And so we have to be patient in that time period as well. There's a scripture, don't grow weary in well-doing. I'll stop there for now. Yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying. I I think when you're talking about love is patient, um, love is kind, and those things to me, we don't really understand love is patience. I'm sorry, patient until we're in that moment where it's not patient. Right. So the difficulty Absolutely. of it. And I, I believe that's much like our faith in a lot of ways. We think we have faith in an area until we're tested. Mm-hmm. And it will it will frustrate you when you feel like you have something and you actually don't. Not to say that you don't love your spouse, but the patience of the love. I think that part of it is very important, is to make certain that you exercise it more often than you think. And when you're able to exercise the patience more often than you think, then I believe that the envy and all of the other stuff uh, in the first few uh, lines there, it won't it won't matter as much because you're patient about those things that are to come. That's just my thought. Um, and I agree. If you move on towards the kind part, mm-hmm. right? Loving your wife as Christ loves the church, and then it says something about loving yourself. Um, I'm paraphrasing once again, but it's it's within those same scriptures in Ephesians where if you're loving yourself, you're not going to do Absolutely. wrong. You're not right. going to do harm to yourself. And so we have to exhibit kindness, even in mm-hmm. the patience, right? Oh, my gosh. Will you hurry up? We have to watch our words. We have to be yeah. tender with what we say and, mm-hmm. and how we say those things. And so the patience is kind of coupled with that kindness, right? Agreed. You have to ensure that you are being kind with your spouse, because life and death are in the power of the tongue. Absolutely. And if you're not kind with your spouse, you are just poking towards the demise of your marriage. You're poking towards the demise of that spirit in your marriage Amen. if you're not being kind sure. and compassionate, selfless in your way of um, dealing with your spouse. And there are times when you're going to have to, you know, just do all you can not to roll your eyes and show compassion. Just whatever the case may be. and Because think about it, y'all. There are so many times when I'm sure God is like, seriously. You know how we do with our children. If y'all have children, nieces, nephews, friends, you like, really? Like, yeah. I tried to tell you that like three weeks ago. We back at this again. Three years ago. Like, okay, yeah. why are you calling me and we're dealing with this? Think about how many times he's had to roll or not roll his eyes at us because he's been waiting on us and telling us and we keep bumping our head and getting having to do that same lesson over and over and over again. But so it's, it's not similar. easily anger though. Right. So I think that's a that's a wonderful part of mm-hmm. it is that when you get into the eye roll thought or even um stonewalling or walking away, mm-hmm. or however you you make certain that it's not easily angered in your heart. And I believe also, as we, if we step back a little bit, that when you do those things, when you roll your eyes, when you step away, that's also can be seen as self-seeking because you want the result that you want yes. in that moment. And when you want the result that you want in that moment, it could be 
you can step into that that ego, you can step into that selfishness, and then that selfishness grows. Mm -hmm. And once it grows, it's hard to get that back up under control. And why, well, at that point, your spouse is like, be married for what? Yeah. Because you running your own show. You're here right. by yourself. This is your relationship. Right. So let me leave you to your own relationship yeah. where you're enjoying all the things that you want to enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Love does not get jealous of someone else's possessions. I did not see it as, and I think we so often, right? I, I won't say this is a world thing or not, but I think so often... This this particular verse is looked upon as I'm not going to be jealous about another female when it comes to him and vice versa. I think it's so easily um, addressed in that way. And it, it could just be our mentalities when we see the word jealous. But in reading it, in trying to look at this and break it down, I saw it as there oh, are genuine okay. times when spouses mm -hmm. are jealous of each other. Right. If That's we're going to be, yeah, if we're going to be real, there are times when spouses are jealous of each other. My husband may be in a season of growth and I've been scratching and scraping. Mm -hmm. And why is he catapulting into his next level in his career? And everybody's doting on him. And I'm supposed to just stand to the side and be the smiling doting wife as well and you know whatever you want to call it and just be fine with it and vice versa ego gets involved because Agreed. now i'm making more money than he is and he's been trying to get to this particular level or this particular number of figures and he hasn't gotten there and every time we go somewhere we're trying to do something i'm the one pulling out the card i'm the one paying or somebody else knows his ego is having an issue with even saying that I make more than him. And the problem there is we miss that marriage is supposed to make us one and one in Christ it and a team. One. Exactly. Right. And the problem is that we're more so agreeing to the relationship than the oneness. Mm. That's I good. believe because if we're agreeing when we make that commitment and that covenant, which is what it should be instead of a contract, then you are agreeing to the oneness, to whatever it takes, the pruning and the the pain and the passion and all the positive moments in becoming one. And in that moment, you're going to then or it's going to take time at times for you to truly appreciate this is our moment. This is our win. And I'm not going to be jealous of him because his new career move is our new career move. We're going up together. He okay. didn't get there by himself and vice versa. So that's 100 percent. Listen, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. We are on the same team. We are one. It's one. And we cannot think in a selfish state, which we just heard that in the previous uh, text scripture. I believe that part of it is probably the most important part of it is that we cannot get into the selfish mode of competing against each other. I believe that makes it even more, more easily that division begins yeah, to show up. Yeah, the house divided. Yes, more clearly. Yeah. Not only that. 
Uh, the word of God tells us that the adversary only needs a foothold in that door. And whatever it is, if it's uh, dividing you on success, whatever it, the adversary can devise you on, there will be a shot to mm -hmm. take. And you have to check yourself. And I think you have to do it as an individual first, mm -hmm. that this is not a competition mm -hmm. and we we roll with the same thing. I'll ride or die for you. You'll ride or die for me. It's what it is. And when you're struggling, I need to make certain that I'm there to help when I'm struggling and vice versa. So that part of it is so very important not to allow the enemy to divide you all on success, divide you all as you become this individual. That goes out of the window once you say, I do. It's supposed to. But it should. Right. And I, I believe if if it goes out the window, again, you're able to love the way that you need to love. Absolutely. The way that we're supposed to. Absolutely. And I think that moves towards the next one. Love does not talk with excessive pride, self-satisfaction and Absolutely. achievements. If he has achieved right. this next level, he shouldn't be, oh, I did this, this, this and this. And just... Once again, you all by yourself. You were out mm -hmm. there on the ship Somewhere. by yourself, sure. out there on the island by yourself. And mm -hmm. I get pushed further back. I'm not mentioned. I'm not thought of. I'm not spoken of. All of those things. And then it becomes an I, Lynn, versus the team, right? It's just what you've been doing and let's pat you on the back. And now you don't need me and all those things. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen that even mm -hmm. played out in movies, right? And um mm -hmm. Diary of a Mad Black Woman or um, what's the one with Angela Bassett where, yes, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett. Yeah. yeah, all of them, right? And so. Waiting to exhale. Waiting to exhale. I could see it in my head. Yeah. I could not get it out. So those type of examples yeah. we see in movies and people aren't just creating these movies out of just imagination. These are that's some people's lives. Happening. And so they just yeah. get more dramatic with it. But this is this is something that happens on a regular basis, unfortunately, where people get caught up in themselves, forget that they were a part of a team and that the team won the championship. Not that one person. Whether it meant you had to sit on the sidelines to support them along the way, you were there. And so, and they were there. And so you didn't achieve it on your own. Agreed. That's why I believe that the husband has to check himself with his submission mm -hmm. aspect. Absolutely. And the reason I say that is because that husband is geared with the ego. Mm-hmm. And gear with, I need the respect level from the wife. And when you get into that mode of you're, you're wanting that affirmation and you can't stand by yourself and support your wife when it's her turn to be out front and you be whoever she needs you to be in that moment, that also causes division. Mm -hmm. But you have to check yourself. And I believe that you have to check yourself daily. We are fleshly beings and we we hurt, we we become frustrated. We have to gather ourselves spiritually, go back to the Father and say, Lord, I need your help on me on this issue, because without your help, I am nothing. And I can't be the husband that I need to be if I'm always in it for me. 
I believe that goes, uh, one of the wonderful examples of that will definitely be the children of Israel, right? When they felt like they, they, they didn't come, when they were going through this promised land over the 40 years aspect where they were in, the, in between, they didn't have anything to eat. And God provided this magnificent thing called manna. Well, some of them wanted to take some of those, that, that manna to the next day, and it spoiled. It gives me the thought every day, just because your wife is a gift, husband. She came from you. She is woman. She came from you. She came from your side. This rib cage, she was there. The word of God tells us that the wife is a gift. And if she is a gift, again, I don't want to mess anything up about this beautiful gift that I've been given. It's important for me not to take advantage of that gift. It's important for me not to assume about that gift. It's important for me to consistently go to the manufacturer regarding that gift. And it's important for me, most important to me, is that I have to pray for that gift every day because I don't know what she's going through in our heart, in her mind. And it is my responsibility to ensure that I'm the spiritual onset focus leader in our home to put that forward for my wife. Yes, it's important that the wife prays for the husband, but the husband should be praying not only for the wife, but for the family in general, for the home and taking care of those things spiritually, emotionally, make sure that she is sound because that has a lot to do with how she feel in the oneness. Uh, do you not feel like I'm important because you never pay attention to who I am? Those things say love. Love is an action word. Mm -hmm. So you got to do something. Sometimes that means go pick up the kids. Sometimes that means take this. Sometimes that means cook that. Sometimes that means go to work. Whatever that is in your home, you have to do that. So it does not become she feels as though she's that you're self-seeking and that she's the only one that's doing it. And there's no there's no balance in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's ever really balance, but no reciprocity. Okay. Yeah. However you want to put it. That was a counselor word. It, actually, no. <laughs> um, and I think the next scripture falls within the same lines, right? Love is not showing a high opinion Absolutely. of self or moral yeah. superiority. And, you know, in moments where your spouse makes a mistake and you're like, oh, nope. Mm -hmm. You know, I know I've never done that or I won't do something like that or whatever the case may be. And I think um, that's one of those areas we can find ourselves getting caught up in. And tossing it back up and it looking like falling within the lines of the forgiveness and the forget, right? If you're you're holding up a banner mm -hmm. for yourself, you're putting yourself on a pedestal. If you're saying, you know, I'm morally more superior to you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, God. I think a way we do that and it, it kind of flows without us knowing it. You married up. Or I married up mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. Yeah, if y'all think about lot. it, right? You hear that a lot. And so if you say, he can say he married up to me, but then that's him acknowledging and appreciating the gift. But then in an exchange, I shouldn't say, oh, you know, you married up when you got me. You know what I'm saying? Really or good. all of the other females you've been with or all of this, that, and the other. Or look at where you came from. This, That's No. So because again, you've That's become really one. You've become a team. And now I'm bashing the teammate. 
I love that. To what end? Yeah. Like what benefit is going to come from There is that? no benefit. <laughs> Again, life and death. Yeah. And we're supposed to treat each other with gentleness. We're supposed to treat each other with grace, our words with salt, all of those things. And so if we are doing that, then we will eventually get to that point of not only understanding, but actually loving the first Corinthians 13 way. Love it. Love it. I know for me, this is benefiting me. It's helping me because I... Y'all have this thing personally where I don't like to see, I don't like to hear, I don't like to read the same type of scriptures over and over again. I don't like to be at a church where these are the go-to scriptures. I just don't. I love the Bible. And so I want to hear more about it. I want you to speak more about the different things I've read about in the Bible, the different stories and things like that. I've always been that way. And so hearing some over and over and over again, after a while, I'm that impatient one. I'm like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the word is always new and evolving in your life. It's a living word, right? And so I should never have been like that. But I said all that to say that this was one of those things for me where, okay, love is patient. Love is kind. Everybody's throwing it around. You hear that all the time. Okay. Okay. Let's move on past that. But are people really loving unconditionally as yes. Christ loved the church. Amen. And so these, this is the guide though. This is the guide to help us get there. So I'll get off my soapbox and doesn't dishonor others. Love doesn't dishonor others. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, y'all can, y'all can, anybody having questions about dishonor? I mean, you know when and what that looks like, mm-hmm. you know, that you should hold your spouse up to a high standard you should not disgrace them you should not embarrass them them, humiliate them again that's you're one so you're inevitably doing that to yourself and it bothers me so much to hear things like that from a a spouse Mm -hmm. because it's like do you not see that that's a reflection of you exactly if for no other reason that's the choice you made So what does it say more about you or your spouse that you chose someone that you feel is so whatever? Wow, that's good. Like, what what does that mean? What does that say exactly? So I think it would behoove us to watch our words simply off of that alone to acknowledge that this is not a display of love. And I know that sometimes we have people that do that. We have spouses that do that in an effort to nudge you to do Mm -hmm. a certain thing. Or guys, husbands say nag you to do a certain thing mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. Why? Because if it hasn't worked, just look at your own relationship. If it hasn't worked, it's not going to work. So you might okay. as well take the authentic, unconditional love approach because mm-hmm. that's what works. And if it didn't work, we wouldn't all be here. We wouldn't all have so been true. forgiven. Jesus wouldn't have said, it is my passion to die on this cross for them. Like passion, y'all, for real passion. Yeah. So anyway, again, getting excited off of that part and I'll move on. It isn't self-seeking. Plain and simple. Don't be selfish. I mean, same thing. It's not a one, you know, you're still part of a team. Isn't easily angered. You said that earlier. Mm -hmm. Even in the impatient moments, in the unkind moments, um, just don't be easily angered. Short-fused. If you are, that's an inner issue. And should not be projected upon your spouse. Right. It's still a self-centered issue, Exactly. Though. Because something's not working out your way. That's right. So <laughs> It's all about me. Hot temper. Yeah. Let me make sure that everybody knows no, it, too. Yeah. 
And I'm going to keep a record of it. Mm-hmm. You record remember last time and yeah. you remember here and you remember there. And right. I know this is one of those areas that can be very difficult, right? Because when we hurt and when we yeah. get hurt, mm-hmm. the guard comes up and you want to make sure that now you're in a better position. Now I know what I'm dealing with. Right. It's like playing cards. Mm-hmm. I'm watching you now. Right. Okay, you're going to put the... Okay, I can tell he got the king of space and she got the because I'm nobody's running the board on me again like last right. time right and so I understand the difficulty in that and I think that's where we really have to chime in on God to come in and say hey I need your help yeah I got your back the daily renewal though mm-hmm. uh, just continue to do that I believe that part for me is paramount in my life is that not only does it uh not only does it move in my life as an individual but it moves in my relationship as a husband it removes it moves in my life as a parent it moves in my life as a person that has an impact in their their community it's important that you don't keep the record of wrong mm-hmm. and the only way that you're not going to do it again we are just we're fleshly beings we we will sin we have to ask for forgiveness just make certain that you just get back before Christ on the daily mm-hmm. and just say, Lord, help me not to keep it record wrong. Even if you do find yourself holding something, pray about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know this prayer thing sounds cliche, but I am a firm believer that when we come to God with sincere issues, when sincere desire saying, Lord, I want my relationship to work. He honors that because that's his word. He wants us to be successful in our relationship because it honors the church. It brings beauty to his church. And when we bring beauty to the church, it's attractive. People want more of what you have, that God in you. So you have the opportunity to even provide testimony. But you got to get before. Absolutely. Got to get before. You know what? I think we could stop here um, because those are like the first nine examples of love in action from first corinthians 13 and if it's possible how is it possible in what ways are we able to exhibit love the first corinthians 13 way is it real you know is it something that's practical in our lives so the first i think nine of those first corinthians 13 14 those are first nine actions if you will and i think that leaves us with about six more but being patient, being kind, not being jealous, not being um, talking with excessive pride, Mm -hmm. not showing a high opinion of yourself or moral superiority, not dishonoring others, not Mm self-seeking, not easily angered, and not keeping record Record of of wrongs. wrongs. Y'all, he said it, I've said it many times before, love is an action word, and we think it's just a feeling. But we can't get caught up in those feelings because the Bible does say that the heart, who can trust it? It's feelings are fleeting. So we have to entrust ourselves in the knowledge and the guidance of God, especially when it comes to something that he is, something that he created, something that he intended for us to enjoy. Yeah. And where he said, just put me in the middle, mm-hmm. y'all will be good. Yeah. But we have a difficult time doing that. So we hope and pray that you guys were able to get something from these first 
I got something nine for actions <laughs> I did it was too. Good. It was Those good. first nine actions from First Corinthians thirteen and starting with verse four on what people talk about, what people put in their wedding vows, what yeah. people put on their wedding um everything. yeah any and everything <laughs> right everything, everything wedding. hanging up in your house yeah. all of that yeah. and see if you can actually genuinely apply it to not only your marriage mm. but yourself individually are you showing it in that way are you able to show it in that way wow. if you're finding difficulty showing it in that way are you talking to god about it because yeah. we always say pray first I always say pray first. And then the next step is to communicate with your spouse. And so when you, after you pray, God will guide you on when and how to speak to your spouse about those difficult areas of this first Corinthians 13 love, because that's the type of love he intended us to have and enjoy in our marriages. Amen. So we're going to close this particular session out and do a part two on our next podcast, but we're going to close out with prayer. And we thank you once again for joining us. God, we thank you for love. We thank you for your command to just love you first and to love others, God. We know that our spouse is included in that love others, oh God. Lord, help us to have this first Corinthians 13 love, uh, that we are, are patient and that we are kind, that we don't hold grudges and that we don't show high opinion of ourselves, oh God. Lord, help us not to talk about ourselves when we're doing well to hold our spouse in a different regard. But God, help us to be patient with them. God, help us to be kind to them. And God, help us not to just be jealous when things are going well in our spouse life and, and what they're doing, oh God. Lord, help us to be as one. God, and most certainly, God, help us to keep you at the center. God, when you are the center, things are better. God, help us to keep you at the center. God, I just pray for marriages. God, I pray that divorce rates will drop because we are learning to love in the way you've called us to love. God, we just give you glory. We give you honor and praise for this unique opportunity to speak over the airways and the, the Internet, oh God. God, we just pray that something that was said, something that will be heard, that will prick the heart of that relationship that's on the verge in the name of Jesus. And that you're able to reel it back in, just like a fisherman uh, trying to pull in a fish, oh God, and reeling that fish in little bit by little, oh God. God, I pray that you will pull that relationship back together, that they will see the love that you have, they have for one another and that you have for them, oh God, when it first started. God, give them that childlike love again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Well, until next time. Be healthy. Be whole. Be blessed be is blessed. our prayer. Have Thank you again. Have a great, again. great day. And we look forward to joining you for part two.